we actually thought we were a very customer centric organization because we had four surveys and I, and you've heard me talk about Brene Brown a couple of times. I think she says it best of just because you're listening doesn't mean you're connecting. Here's the experience that I just had. So I just traded you my time and my money for this experience. And it was, it was either a great experience or it was not a great experience. But as, as a brand, I need you to understand that. And I need you to demonstrate that you understand what that experience was. And I think that's where many brands fail. Welcome to Action This, practical wisdom from experience management pros, a podcast series featuring a stacked roster of industry guests dishing about what it really takes for brands to thrive. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, the second episode of the Experience Chatter. I am really excited for our first guest today um, that we will have in our podcast series. Uh, Why I'm really excited is uh, we're going to talk to Simon Foster, who uh, is the CEO and founder of Chatter. So he's the whole reason why. we have chatter today, why we're disrupting the industry and why we're having this this podcast uh, platform. So Simon, welcome to the podcast. Um, I don't like to do long um, intros or bios, um, but what I'd love to do is just kind of kick it over to you to just tell us your story. Tell us about yourself, a um, little bit about your 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 life story and, uh, you know, how you got into experience and then founding Chatter. Zach, thanks so much. It is uh, a pleasure to be your guest today uh, and to talk about uh, the thing that I, I love to talk about the most, which is uh, customer experience. And um, and if the Chatter story is is interesting and relevant for the the dent we're making in this space. Um, uh, happy, of course, to talk about it. And 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 my story is is one of um, you know loving solving problems with a mix of bright ideas, incredibly talented people, some technology, um, a, a lot of uh, throwing I think real guts and courage into the mix to to chase something down. And 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 that's what I've I've always done. Um, pursuing different um, businesses that I thought would solve problems that I really wanted to solve and was passionate about solving. And and my and my story of chatter, Zach, is is being like you, um, having spent time on the other side of the table as a as a uh, a customer receiver of of data about my customers and um, and really valuing trying to understand them better and how that data could guide my business decision making and grow my business but i um i I love the data i was just really frustrated with the process the time it took the tools that were available in terms of surveys and um and i just thought boy you know there's such a this was six years ago interesting things happening in the world around explosion of mobile messaging and AI and natural language processing and all this great stuff. I thought someone is is tapping into this to reimagine how to engage with a consumer 
to capture valuable feedback about their experience. And I, I certainly wasn't thinking of starting a new company. I just went on the hunt to find that company or that team that were doing that. And after six months, I was really discouraged. I couldn't find it. Everyone was looking at me sideways when I was talking about, you know, hook me up with your team who are working on solving the, the next generation of, uh, of customer engagement and feedback and surveys. And, and so out of, uh, out of frustration, I, you know, <clears throat> said to my family, look, I'm really sorry, but I think I got to go do this <laughs> and start from the beginning. And, um, I had no good sense of where it would really lead at the time. I just really wanted to try to solve what I saw as that problem. That's Simon. That's so amazing. I, uh, I mean, I remember, look, the first conversation you and I had um, a couple months ago about just the different challenges we were both just seeing in the industry today. But what I want to double click on, right, is Although I, you know, I, I agree with you on all these challenges and just opportunities, I didn't have the courage to just look at my family and say, hey, look, I'm going to start a company. So kind of walk us through, like, what, what does that process look like when it's, hey, I can't find this. I'm inspired to go solve the gap in the industry. But like, what's the courage necessary? I mean, I'm sure there are so many emotions going through your mind, but I, that's an incredibly courageous decision. There's no romanticizing it. It is, um, you're going to leap off the edge of the cliff. And, and, and I have a real history in, in you know, building businesses. So I, I was very clear-eyed that I'm going to jump and there's a 90% likelihood I crash and uh and that it it'll be a, a disaster a 10 percent likelihood that as i'm falling through free air i will start to assemble pieces of of a business and customers and a team and a product and i might be able to gain some lift and i might be able to just be able to avoid the ground and i might just be able to actually then start to really build a business. But, but the, um, the, the strong likelihood is, um, is you'll crash. And, and for everyone who starts a company and takes that leap, there is no way you know what to do um, until, you're, until you're falling. You really are, you take the leap, you don't have all the answers, um, you need to dedicate yourself to it. You can't do it part-time. Um, you have to take, you know, full commitment and go for it. And um, maybe I benefited from having having built businesses in the past. Um, but I was coming to this, you know, space not as uh, with a long history in, um, in, in the space. I came to this with a real passion for, I think, really originally a, a view of, as a consumer, um, less less as a researcher, but more as a consumer. How do, would I want to engage with a with a technology, with a brand, to share my experience? And and that turned out to be the the secret advantage I had that I didn't really know I had at the time. But um, 
as I said, there's no romanticizing it. It's it's the likely outcome is is quite difficult and uh, to to contemplate. But you, you know, you're certainly very motivated as you're in free fall to figure it out. And uh, and fortunately, um, that's what we were able to do. Yeah, I love that. Right. I love just hearing stories from entrepreneurs like yourself on. Um, hey, look, we know that there's a large opportunity that we're going to fail, but we also know that we're going to, we could get this right. We could build, you know, teams of people and, and processes and technologies that we could go in. And I think one of the markets that's so ripe for, for disruption is this experience market. And so I want to kind of double, double click in on some of the few things that you were saying on hey, look, there's got to be a better way in this industry, right? And traditional experience management as we know it, um, typically I would say 98% of brands that I've ever worked with, they all rely on a traditional survey. And although it serves its purpose, I think you just said it, right? That consumer behavior, human behavior is changing, the way that we interact with brands, the way that we use our mobile devices um, are changing. So I'm curious when you think about, is that the only gap that you saw or that you continue to see in experience management was the survey um, and how feedback is collected or did you see other areas of opportunity? Um, you, I know you, Zach, and I know I know you well enough to know um that we share this this opinion and and uh so the answer is it goes beyond that so so you know my journey was i i can see the value of bringing a customer closer and the value of understanding them and the value of that data that it brings um and i could see that the that the the businesses that were really succeeding were obsessed with the customer, and that that was um, that was really driving the business forward. And then I looked at how many businesses were capturing that that feedback, and you know the the link on the receipt with the twenty two digit survey code. And I said, wow, you know, there's a there's a huge gap between the value of that data and the and the software and tools and methodology. So so initially, I I did think that's something that can be and needs to be addressed. But what I learned as I started tinkering um, is that certainly it, it's great. Yes, you can capture quantitative and qualitative feedback through a more natural consumer friendly means. But the light bulb, but that to me, that wasn't a business. I just thought I, I was just interested and curious um, uh, could I engage someone in a more, you know, conversational way of capturing feedback? Um, the light bulb for me was I started tinkering. Uh, so, you know, friends had you know the restaurants and stores, and they were letting me engage them. And what I what I learned is, wow, with this approach, I can engage someone in the moment while they're still in the store. I can engage them while they still have the taste of that meal in their mouth. I can engage them while they're still feeling that emotional high or low. And that is interesting. That could be valuable for certain businesses where I could capture that in the moment. And if I could help that business 
capture, see, and action it, that feedback in the moment, that could be meaningful for someone. That could be valuable. And that's when I started to get really excited and think, once again, I don't know where this is going, but that could be an actual business um, where we focus on closing that loop um, from feedback to insight to action and making it almost instantaneous. You know, I started dreaming, what could that mean for certain businesses, for certain business categories? Um, and uh, and then that, that really set us on Chatter 2.0, the path we started a few years ago. That, uh, Simon, that's incredible. I, what I love about that, right, is if you think about the world that we're in today, it is instant gratification, right? It is, we love the overnight success stories. It is, how do I become a millionaire overnight? Um, how do I get this thing tomorrow? Um, I don't think we live in a patient world anymore. And I love kind of just the thought process of how can I get as close to real time in that experience as I possibly can in order to change the behavior, or change the outcome, right? Like to me, no company has solved that. You, you know what it is, Zach? It's like what you just described. Another way of saying that is helping get closer to the truth. Like that's all we ultimately are responsible to accurately represent the, the feelings and experience of a consumer. And, you know, traditional methodologies um, where I'm only talking to a purchaser, uh, I'm, I've had preset questions, so I'm, gonna, I'm only going to learn about what I really decided I wanted to learn about. It, it's tough to get to the truth. And my job and your job, Zach, and all of our jobs at, at, at Chatters is to represent the consumer as, as, as accurately as we can, because that arms the retailer with the information they need to to win, um, win with their consumer, and and um, and that's that's what I'm most um, satisfied about is be, being able to represent that experience and that truth in a way it, it, quite difficult for others with more traditional methodologies to do. And and back to the the learning from the world's best retailers who are obsessed with the customer. Um, you know, sometimes that can be a scary thing to, uh, to you know, there's the good, but there's the, the negative. And, and I've seen some retailers be fearful of, of that. And I've seen others, one of our uh, partners at Fortune 500, who, who that's all they're obsessed over is the truth. And, and, they know that we reveal a truth that um, their competition doesn't have, that they didn't previously have, um, that isn't the same high scores they were previously used to. But they love that because they said, "Now we, now we're a lot closer to the truth, and now we, we can act um, and and deliver an experience that no one else can for our consumers." And uh, that's uh, that's an exciting place to be. Yeah. Simon, I, I love that. I'm going to back up too. When you think about the truth, right? I even in my own practitioner days, we always 
all of our customer feedback always came from that buyer, right? Mm -hmm. So someone who um, we served while I was at Aaron's, right? Someone that we, a customer that we served, we, we opened a relationship with, and there might've been something along their journey that broke down, right? So one of our brand promises may have, have broken. And so, you know, when experiences break down, that's when customer service issues arise. And that's when that closer loop process comes and, and our NPS score might just reflect kind of that breakdown, the, the overall operational process. What I love what you just, you know, what you just mentioned though is it's not just the vocal minority that brands should be looking at, but it truly is how do you give a voice to the customer set that is shopping in your retail location they have a reason why they've walked into your store. It's not that we're just window shopping anymore. The customer now is more focused than we ever have been, especially with the pandemic. And you think about health and safety reasons, but there's a reason why we walked in and brands have no idea why that customer didn't purchase, right? And that's been like, for example, in retail, you know, brands will look at, you know, their traffic counters and understand what's the traffic flow we have. They'll look at number of transactions and they'll say, oh, we converted 20% of our traffic today. But why did the other 80% not purchase? And so what I love is how do we elevate the voice of that non-purchaser? And I think the other piece to that too, right, is the need, if you think about the blue ocean, one of the customer segment, almost kind of like that non-customer that you want to hear from are your detractors, the customers who've had poor experiences because they're about to churn from your brand and you've got to learn from them very, very quickly. And I love what you said about practitioners today. I think the greatest disservice an organization can, can give their experience team is to bring someone in right outside of college who only has an insights background or bring someone in to run experience who has no operational experience they don't know what it's like um and to your point it is we're only getting a very subset of data and i and you have to have the why behind what's happening it 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 literally keeps me up at night sometimes thinking about certain businesses that i that i, I admire that i shop at and i know the effort the the resources that are going into their programs to listen to the consumer and and I get so concerned that they are they they are covered one eye one ear they they're only listening to that purchaser and and trying to figure out how to how to grow the business and and there's that huge segment of the non-purchaser which doesn't always mean it's negative who walked in tried on a clothing item, spoke with an associate and walked out to be able to ask them why. Tell me why, help me learn from your experience. That is so valuable to focus on that group, understand what those points of friction were, work towards removing them. That drives the business. Only engaging with the folks who found what they were looking for. I, I, um, I worry about how much, uh, what kind of gains you can make. Um, and I know there's a lot of pressure on retail. Um, 
and I, I, I want everyone to succeed. And uh, it, it's tough when they're putting that much attention, 100% of their attention into just that, that segment who found what they were looking for. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the other piece to that too, right? And where I, where I still think there's a gap in the industry today and the way that brands think about their experience strategy is how can we use big data, right? So it's, hey, our big data, we can look at digital analytics, for example, and we can see the customers doing this. But I think where so many holistic experience strategies fall short, both for the customer and the employee, is really understanding the why, right? Mm. We as humans, I think if the pandemic has proven anything is we are emotional connectors. We want to connect at an emotional level with the people that we love, the brands that we give our, our hard-earned money to, and we want them to truly understand us. And I don't, I, I, I could, I'll argue this point all day long, a brand cannot truly serve their customer in a great way unless they know how to emotionally connect with them, both the purchaser and the non-purchaser, because the non-purchaser wants to give you that money but there's reasons why they didn't after they visited your location. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I think that was my biggest learning was, was, you know, I think getting feedback via SMS, initially I was maybe a little skeptical, healthily skeptical. What kind of feedback are we going to get? You know, it, 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 people are going to text back emojis and one word answers. And I saw small novels being written sharing this is how i feel right now and i and i started to really focus on the quality qualitative yes the, the quantitative backbone nps osat absolutely but but i realized that's where the the gold is and and we didn't start as an ai company this came to how can we best serve the retailers we work to support and that and that's we need to really let the consumer lead the conversation we need them to describe in their own words good bad big or small what matters to them and then we we really need to understand it very very well and um and and i've been excited so many times by what that approach revealed um and uh uh, it's it's as it's exactly as you just described, Zach. It's that it's it's getting to the we talk about a brand experience. So experience it's it's about how, how it made you feel, and um, and the the closer we can get to that and that truth, and through free text um, meant uh, we had a ton of work to do over many years from a product perspective. But that's why we went down there was really to to um, see how close we could get to. The consumer in that way, yeah. I, I think it um, it's it's incredibly stated, right? Especially think about the social justice, you know, social justice movement and everything. Consumers are really realigning um, the brands based on who the brand is, right, and what they represent um, and the causes that they want to fight for. So I think we've talked a lot about some of those gaps that are in the traditional experience management, right? Where it is, it's only representing the buyer. They're only looking at some big data. They're not truly revealing the, the truth and the absolute moment, um, not focused on 
the non-buyer. Um, and then also, if you think about it, the level of AI, right? Everyone keeps talking about we have AI, we have AI, but when you, when when you think about it, it, it's it's just not quite there yet. So let's let's play in our crystal ball for a moment, right? I always love to ask this question: Where's the industry headed? Someone said to me uh, a while ago when we were talking about surveys, they said, "Look, you know." I mean, I'll 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 do a survey once in a while, but I know I know no one's listening. I know no one is. Someone's going to look at it eventually. Maybe if I you know raise alarm bells, someone will look at it in a week or two. And that really struck me because you know the moment someone is providing their feedback, this is a key part of the experience with your brand, and. Really, it has been the weak link. Like, let's be honest. If I gave walk to up a thousand consumers and said, "How do you want to engage with a brand?" and they gave the top one hundred ways they could engage, would anyone say a survey? Just please send me a survey. That'd be awesome. That'd be the best. And um, and so, I think in terms of where it's headed is this idea that actually this is this is a core part of the experience is the experience of a consumer providing feedback. And it um, it has to be as intelligent and as em empathetic as the brand you've spent billions of dollars building. Um, and it can't be deaf. It can't be it's not listening to me. Now, I'm not talking about, um, you know, the world of, of chatbots and talking to live agents, I'm saying I'm trying to convey something about my experience to you, and I want some sense that you, as the brand, are listening to me, that there is some intelligence and empathy, and and I think this idea, look, I I, I don't think it's it's wildly provocative to say, you know, the consumer's going to win. If consumers don't want surveys, it's it's going to go away. Um, but businesses need the data. So the question is, what's going to replace it? And and the and the bet we've all made at Chatter is that it'll be more conversational. And and what we are at the very, very forefront of is engaging a consumer, um, facilitating a conversation between a brand and a consumer for the purpose of um, describing their experience, but making sure... And Zach, I agree with you totally. You know, we're we're on, it's a journey. We're not at the destination, but where there's a feeling like, hey, I'm trying to tell you something meaningful to me, and I I would like some acknowledgement, either by the question you ask me next, or the tone of the language that you're following up with in this conversation, that that you get it and you get me, and um, and sometimes even, which is. Uh, as as you well know, the path we're on. Sometimes you'll actually take action in the conversation in the moment, um, based on what I've just told you. And uh, uh, I, I really believe that's where this world is going. Yeah, Simon, it's really interesting what what you just mentioned around. Hey, it's not just about listening to us. Right. I mean, look, I remember when I first started leading experience um, at Aaron's. It wasn't the first time that we started engaging with with our customers through surveys. We actually thought we were 
a very customer centric organization because we had four surveys live along the, the client journey. And it's like, hey, look, we, we're listening to our customers. And I and you've heard me talk about Brene Brown a couple of times. I think she says it best of just because you're listening doesn't mean you're connecting. Right. And I love that. So what you just mentioned of, hey, I don't want to just give you feedback. I need you to to really empathize with me. I need you to understand here's the experience that I just had. So I just traded you my time and my money for this experience. And it was, it was either a great experience or it was not a great experience. But as, as a brand, I need you to understand that. And I need you to demonstrate that you understand what that experience was. And I think that's where many brands fail. It is, hey, we're listening to our customers. And they are through a survey. And look, I, I joke and say, hey, look, the 90s are calling. They want their email survey back. Yeah. Um, but are you truly connecting? And, and not connecting and being empathetic four or five days later. But when I'm actually in that moment of truth, are you connecting with me? And I, I think that's an incredible kind of where the industry is going. And I think that's probably why, Simon, you and I have talked about why, why brands, or I guess I'll pose this question to you. Why do you think brands are more concerned about what their NPS score is and how it compares to their competitors versus how do we take action every day to build better experiences? Think about the true leaders in um, in customer experience. They many of them have their own metrics. They have their own scales they've made up. They're really competing with themselves. I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. And uh, it's it's remarkable and wonderful, you know, to watch brands like Nike who who are certainly. Um, fall into into that category and i i think it's a it's a quick it can be relevant but it, uh, easier to say well i just i just need a number and i need to know how i compare to others and um and uh, you know that that's I, i'm not going to be challenge myself every day with you know trying to be better um but but that's the environment the retailers are in you know it's 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 incredibly competitive across so many different purchase channels right now and and a, a wild proliferation of online brands competing and um and we all have to raise our game and it's not about comparing yourself against you know the four other direct competitors with their nps it's um it's really driving yourself to get as close to your consumers you can to drive action that's going to make their their shopping experience even better and um so it is it is um uh i think a shift in in mindset for a lot of organizations and cultures but i absolutely know without question it drives business outcomes um that uh that are exactly what uh, everyone's looking for 
Yeah, I think that's incredibly powerful, right? If you think about the leading global brands, um, you mentioned Nike's one of them. You think about like Apple, for example, who is another global leader. You think about these iconic brands um, globally, and you hear stories all the time where they're just so maniacally focused on how are we better today as an organization than we were than than what we were yesterday. And you know, there's an incredible story I've heard about Apple that kind of demonstrates that point. Simon Sinek shares it all the time um, when he's talking, and, and so he 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 tells a story of, um, and I've heard this before too, like. Hey, I have spoken at Apple's educational summit and he has spoken at Microsoft's educational summit. And so, you know, typically when he, he, he was telling the story of, hey, Microsoft actually gave him um, a Zoom, right? So this is, you know, this is a couple of years ago, but they gave him a Zoom after um, he spoke at their educational summit. And he continues to tell the story of when he was with like, Apple's employee number 15, something like that. He wanted to see if he could get a rise out of him. He said, hey, you know, I was just spoke at Microsoft. They gave me a Zoom and it's actually better than the iPod. <laughs> and, and Simon said, hey, in that moment, he was like, the Apple exec said, there's no doubt in my mind it is. But if you think about that, Simon, what was Apple doing in, that, in the meantime? They were releasing the iPhone. They were releasing iTunes, right? So where Microsoft became so maniacally focused on, we're going to create a better product, the Zoom, than the iPod. Apple's over here becoming better every single day, focus on, on innovation for their customers to enhance customer lives, right? And I, and I like to tell that story because it's too many times I hear executives say, What's our NPS? How's it compared to X, Y, and Z? And they're fine with it. Or it is, how do we increase our NPS and then gamification and all these things enter into the conversation? You mentioned it before, Zach, the, the why. Like, yes, it, it can and should start with a quantitative metric. It's business, and I, I understand that, and that makes perfect sense. But immediately you have to move past it and understand why. And and um, there are different approaches to getting to the why, but uh, as we also previously discussed, the closer you can get to the truth and to believe, not fear that truth, believe in that truth, be passionate about that truth and drive those improvements, um, that's, again, th those are real business outcomes in terms of conversion and market share and share price. Um, that's, that's how it's driven. Chatter by Stingray proudly presents Action This. Let's have a chat. Visit chatterresearch.com to try out our online feedback demo and experience the chatter effect. Too many times brands get focused on finite. You know, what's our P&L this quarter? What's our P&L in two quarters? Um, so I'd love to just kind of use this as the jumping off point into so what's the chatter difference, right? So you built you built this company, this experienced company, knowing that there were gaps in the industry. We understand why you did it and how we essentially are going to show up 
to represent the truth. We're going to represent the customers. We're going to help brands, you know, deliver better experiences through the why. But what are the other chatter differences? So I think that the back to the very beginning of chatter and our DNA from the beginning, we do really take everything we do. Our starting point is the consumer. I think I think that most other research firms really start from a point of view of research. You know, I have, we have teams of PhDs and who, who um, have spent years doing research, and we have those teams as well. But we really come at it from a consumer point of view. How? What makes sense? What's the the right timing and means um, to engage and the right conversation to have? And and so that approach opens a lot of doors for a certainly our ability to bring a consumer and the business closer together to um, it, like all relationships you know the quality of that communication determines the uh, the outcome of of the relationship and so we're we have that strength but because we're so driven by our customers customer so the the retail consumer um, it's opened doors to really interesting avenues where where we are taking that feedback, what's being shared from the head, from the heart in that moment, and driving action in the moment. Um, if if we were the consumer and I was describing this to you, what would I want the brand to do right away? Um, making sure that uh, we help you find that product right away, making sure that um, we help you uh, uh, find an opportunity to sign up for a loyalty pr program that's going to give you a discount the next time you you uh, get a coffee um, or come in. It's uh, really being led by the consumer. And I think that is very, very different from from any other voice of the customer consumer firm. And and that is why um, we're leading uh, driving immediate business outcomes that um, either would never happen with, with a, a different voice of the customer solution, but would happen over 12 to 24 months. We were very excited for results we generate in weeks with that approach. Um, we're excited for um, different ways of imagining taking action, but uh, uh, as we discussed earlier, closing that loop really, 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 really tightly. And I think that, I don't think that's a revolutionary thing. I think that's what consumers demand. They demand that you will be highly responsive to me and what I'm telling. It's just that this industry that, that you and I are in um, has not really budged a whole lot. Um, towards this this idea that will be that highly responsive and as we said listen intelligent and empathetically so so it's not just a, a nice idea it really is about driving real business outcomes and and those business outcomes that we're we're able to produce are what's um that's ultimately how we should be measured how we are measured and why we're um enjoying in so much success yeah i to me simon that um 
just your your philosophy, right? And and really your mandate for all of us here at Chatter is how yes, being customer led and helping brands connect to their customers in ways that they've never been able to connect before. But also we're essentially measured on the business impacts that we help our clients make, right? And I know that there's many voice of the customer platforms out there that said they're they're you know they're focused on driving business outcomes, uh, but I think what we do differently here at Chatter, and this is one of the reasons why it inspired me from our very first conversation, is kind of what you just said at Chatter. We help we help brands connect differently. We help them take action differently. We help them collaborate internally differently and we accelerate their business outcomes differently and i think that is kind of this whole basis of the conversation right of why you started chatter now i want to kind of two more questions i have for you one is as you're as an entrepreneur what are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way from starting Chatter to where you are today? Uh, it's, it's uh, as we discussed at the top, I mean, it's incredibly difficult. You have more, especially in the first couple of years, um, certainly more days that where it seems like it's not gonna happen than days where it seems like it does. The, the thing I've learned um, maybe about myself but certainly about the chatter business that continues to today is um, working with incredibly bright passionate people with a with a, a culture of sharing ideas to achieve the goals we talked to be driven by the the consumer um, like that that was always what saved me um, my the the intelligence the skill the talent of my colleagues and and their ability to to make the product better to make a, a, a highlight an incredible insight for consumer to to just drive the business forward and to share those ideas like that that was the um that was the the highlight the thing that energized me and kept me going was wow like this is uh um we ha we have a team that um, I, I really think can um, can outthink uh, you know teams a hundred times the size, um, and uh, and that and that gave me a lot of optimism that you know what we really can um, uh, chase down this idea of what is the future of this industry and reimagine it for the for the betterment of of those retailers and their consumers that we, we really could, we really could do this. And, um, and, and, and that's what, uh, uh, as you can tell, and I know the same for you, I'm passionate about, and, uh, that, that, that was the best part surrounding myself with this, like incredibly bright, talented people. So would you also say that some of those greatest lessons learned are also some of the most rewarding things that you've experienced, or are there other incredibly rewarding experiences that you've had along the way? Uh, you know, on the re rewarding experiences, it's, uh, and th there are a few highlights, but revealing something for a retailer about their 
their consumer and their experience that was just so impactful for them that wasn't on their radar at all. And, you know, we talk about our unique approach. I mean, there have been many times where we have this revered um, uh, retail customer um, in North America who, who are customer obsessed. And we're one of the very first to launch the, the Chatter platform. And, and with our conversational approach, um, more relying on the qualitative, you know, we were able to reveal, hey, did you know that the way you're approaching consumers as they walk into the store, did you know that 16% are, you know, turning around and walking out because we haven't got it quite right. We're doing it this way. We should do that. And they, they looked at, they said, what? No, 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 no. Our, our, you know, store teams are, or have won awards. They're some of the best in, in the country. Look at the look at the NPS rating. Look at the OSAT ratings, which was very very high. I said, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But um, and they so we highlighted that for them. They they um, workshopped and retrained their North American sales team, and the results were amazing. You know, it was. Uh, uh, we saw a conversion really jump. That 16% who were turning around and walking out. This was this was completely unknown because we talked before Zach about purchaser versus non-purchaser. This was completely unknown to them. And it was so impactful. Um, yes, the business results were tremendous for the business, but I, I loved that. I just felt like we really helped them better understand the, the consumer. And the consumer isn't someone who just bought. It's someone who walked into the store. And um, you, you know. Those moments are, are absolute highlights. And, and that one's from quite a few years ago, but I'll, I'll uh, every time that happens and we really drive that, you know, their own eureka moment and, and actions taken and it, it leads to a great business outcome, that's, that's uh, those, are, those are the good days. Yeah, it's amazing. I um, this has been a this has been an incredible chat, Simon. I uh, I'm curious. There's there's um, I know you and your family are avid skiers. Did you go out skiing over the weekend? I sure did. Of course. Where's what's your what's your favorite? I don't know what you call them slopes. What's your favorite slopes? So I I'm based in Ontario. They're uh, smaller hills generally, so groomed hills. So it's not you know backcountry jumping off cliffs and stuff and um and i uh and i tell you i love the steep groomed runs and and to you know to some people they would think gosh don't you get bored with that and i've been skiing since i was three but i am forever in search of the perfect turn and i'm always learning and i'm you know 46 and i still have a coach who teaches me and train Saturday morning because I can always get better and I'm constantly learning and in search of that perfect turn. And I may have done hundreds of thousands of turns in the past, but I I know I can get better. And uh, so so I actually love these little groomed runs. Um, I uh, I'm I'm constantly obsessed with I, how to do it just a little better. I'm curious about these turns. I, I know nothing about skiing, right? The only thing I know about skiing is like the giant slalom that you see on TV where they're yes. going insanely fast and like their turns are a little bit wider. So is that the turn you're talking about? Or is it more like you see folks just zigzag down a slope? I I, uh, I do a bit of both. Exactly. And you described it well, the giant slalom and the slalom. 
giant slalom is, uh, and I still race as well, is uh, is what I'm better at. But but slalom's pretty fun because you you wear all this armor, and uh, you feel like a gladiator, and uh, uh, which is getting a bit r- ridiculous at at uh, in this point in my adulthood. But I love putting on all the armor and uh, absolutely chasing down the hill and smashing gates. <laughs> it's very satisfying. <laughs> so. Hundred grand on the line. I know your sons are competitive skiers. Does dad win or do the sons winning now? So uh, th- this has been a, a difficult transition in my life to uh, to lose out. I, I thought I would last longer than I did to, to the the now fifteen year old, but it was he was I think he was about eleven when he started beating me. So that was that was a difficult time for me. Uh, the twelve year old now it's up for grabs. The um, uh, it, it's a coin toss, and um, I, I do intend to get both he and I in a race course uh, this winter. Uh, ideally, uh, yes, maybe with uh, you know a candy bar on the line, and uh, and see who's faster. I've got the eight-year-old still, but he is picking up quite a bit of, of speed. And uh, yes, I, at some point, I'll just I guess be their their ski uh, sherpa or something. Wait at the bottom. That's right. Just make sure it's that hundred grand candy bar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Simon, it has been um, just a fantastic chat. I mean, it is. I couldn't be more proud to 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 join the team um, and just you know engaging with you, learning from you every day. I think we'll definitely look back and and look at you know all the energy and investment that you've made so far into starting chatter, building chatter. Uh, I think the industry is significantly better um, for all of your energy and effort that you've put into it. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to team up with you. Thanks for the chat. I'll say this uh, this partnership, Zach, with you, um, we will look back two years, uh, three years, five years, and we will say, hey, remember we we wanted to change the industry. We wanted to change um, how brands engage with customers. Remember we were talking about that and we'll say, we actually did it. I, uh, it's working with people like you that, um, that again, make me think, hey, I, you know what? I, th- I, I think this is going to work. Yeah, very kind. Um, but until next time, um, you know, I know this is just our second episode, but to all of our listeners, you know, we are always open uh, to hearing your feedback. So please give us a chat. Tell us what you think or tell us what are the topics that you're trying to solve at your organization, at your brand. Uh, we have a fantastic lineup of guests coming up um, in future episodes, but we also want to build for you and by you. So drop us a chat. Let us know the challenges you're trying to solve. And we will have that chat until next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more on consumer insights and experience the Chatter Effect, visit chatterresearch.com.